Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Numa. It hardly need be said, but I can't thank you enough for doing me the honor of joining me today. I know that there are endless channels and innumerable people with which and whom to pass your time. I hope, in some small way, to repay your decision to do so with me. In the autumn of 2021, I recorded an episode entitled A Guided Meditation for Walking in Autumn. As you well know, with but a glance outside, that gentle fall season has since passed, over which the bitter chill of winter has mercilessly swept, upon which the warming touch of spring is now timidly brushing her finger. An imperceptible creep, a subtle encroachment, of whose inevitable victory were assured, yes, but still so impatient. Today, I present to you another walking meditation, of which both Henry David Thoreau, the famed transcendentalist, and I, albeit in a lesser role, will be your leaders. Jointly, we wish, now more than ever, to Speak a word for nature, for absolute freedom and wildness. Nature, no matter the age, needs her advocates. She had Thoreau. She has me. But we are not enough. She needs us all. Every son and daughter, every member of our species to whom she's given material life. That said, you'll begin this walking meditation by getting out into nature. Open your door and go outside. Choose a setting any setting, around which you find it comfortable, convenient, and, above all, accessible to walk. The more natural, the better. But this could be a park, a beach, a city street, the lawn of your backyard, your campus at school, the grounds of your work, wherever you find yourself best disposed toward being mindful and at ease. Ideally, if possible, you'd perform this walk barefoot, as Thoreau, ambling round the banks of Walden or through the fields of Concord, might recommend. It might sound an unusual request, but it makes a big difference. There's something unspeakably intimate, and yet, at the same time, universal about the connection that forms between your naked feet and the ground. A great energy is communicated between the soil and the feet. 
if only you will allow it. Shoeless or not, we'll begin this practice by standing perfectly still. Your arms should be at your side, and your hands should be unfurled. If your fists are tightened, relax them. Simply let them dangle under gravity's sway. Your spine should be lengthened, and your shoulders drawn back. Your head should be in a neutral position with your jaw unclenched. Your eyes should be open, your gaze directed forward, and your brow should be peacefully set. While standing there, we'll take a few attentive and slow breaths. Now, begin to walk. In which direction, you ask? What is it that makes it so hard to determine where we will walk? The same forces, I think, by which the busy roads in our lives are made wearisome and trying. With so many options before us, it's difficult to choose and we'd sooner stay put than decide. That said, I believe that there is a subtle magnetism in nature, which, if we unconsciously yield to it, will direct us aright. Is not nature an inerrant guide? Do her age and her wisdom not attest to her rightness? Resign yourself for once to her magnetic pull, and let your feet happily follow her infallible course. In which direction shall you bend your steps? Submit yourself to your instinct in making that decision. And the moment you do, you'll have begun to practice the art of walking. Ah, yes, the art of walking. As you gain a certain mastery over this art, as you claim membership among the best 
of all its peripatetic practitioners, you'll earn the name Saunterer. And what is sauntering? The word is beautifully derived from idle people who roved about the country in the Middle Ages and asked charity under pretense of going a la santerre to the holy land. Eventually, seeing so many travelers pass along their crowded streets, the children exclaimed, There goes a Saint-Terre, a Saunterer, a Holy Lander. Every walk, so long as it's done properly, should bring you to some holy land. Every mile, an inch closer to an apotheosis, to a hill stretching up from Jerusalem to heaven, to a grand elevation touching the stars. Half the walk, says Thoreau, is but retracing our steps. The mind is often retracing its steps. Instead of bold movements toward new adventures, it prefers to hop on old treadmills on which it can spin its wheels and go nowhere. Jump off this aimless treadmill and feel beneath your feet the firm, solid earth. Feel the earth and become free. That freedom is crucial to the art of walking says Thoreau. No wealth can buy the requisite leisure, freedom, and independence which are the capital in this profession. It comes only by the grace of God. It requires a direct dispensation from heaven to become a walker. You must be born into the family of walkers. And you, with what confidence can you trace your lineage? Was your forebear and his forebear a divinely affirmed walker? How can you know if this stamp lingers on in your genes? By what measure can this feature of your ancestry be assessed? How do you know if you belong to this family of walkers? The secret is, we all share an inborn genius for walking. None has been denied this gift. It's just that 
Some cultivate the art better and more fully than others. Thoreau spent four hours, but you may expend any amount of time sauntering through the woods and over the hills and fields absolutely free from all worldly engagements. This freedom from society and the cares of the world, this immersion in an intimacy with the glories of nature, that is the true art and end of walking. You must, above all, be in direct communion with the present. You must taste the air before you, by whose sweetness a walker's lips are tickled, nourished, and kissed. You must listen to and rejoice in the sounds of the world around you, the warbling of the birds to which the greatest symphonies are tuned, the songs of the trees by which the chorus of the angels is heightened. Legs, Thoreau reminds us, were made not to sit, but to stand and walk upon. We must use them for their native purpose. The sedentary man will acquire rust. His joints will creak as his soul stiffens. The walker, on the other hand, will be forever light, shiny, burnished, and nimble. When we walk, notes Thoreau, we naturally go to the fields and the woods. What would become of us if we walked only in a garden or a mall? We must seek these environments if we can. I know it's not always possible, but it is in nature where the art of walking attains to its utmost perfection. Above all, though, as we walk, we must forget all our occupations and obligations to society. But, as you know, it sometimes happens that we cannot easily shake off the concerns of the village. The thought of some work will run in our head, and we are not where our bodies are. What business, asks Thoreau, have I in the woods, if I am thinking of something out of the woods? We must be where our bodies are. Again, we must be where our bodies are. We must unify the two, body and spirit. We must allow the two to 
inhabit the same space, to live side by side. We must invite them to live in the current moment. We cannot afford not to live in the present, Thoreau notes. He is blessed over all mortals who loses no moment of the passing life in remembering the past. Who, I ask, has so great a surplus of life hours, so boundless a reserve of time, and who would be so profligate in his expenditure of its minutes to be able to afford living outside the present? Where else would you invest your time? In the past? In the future? The former, I assure you, is a dead coin, lying unprofitably in the fading distance. The latter, a mere speculation, dangling loosely and hazily on the horizon. The greatest currency, I think, exists in the present. With that, I urge you to live in the hour of the day. Walk on the path to which nature calls you. Join the fraternity and sorority, the immense family of walkers, of whose ancient art you'll soon be a master. Enjoy the rest of your walk. Enjoy the beauty of this day. Immerse yourself in nature and resign yourself to all her bountiful influences and gifts. Thoreau and I now leave you to nature, in whose capable hands you'll never be misled or mistreated. Fare thee well, and walk on from Numa.